Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Sapphire is a friend of mine. They are also a transmasculine cancer patient and survivor. We talk a little bit about social welfare, taxes, and businesses, but mostly we talk about Sapphire and what cancer recovery is like. Content warning, we talk about what cancer recovery is like. So what happened recently that got you thinking about disability benefits? Well, uh, I was on EI. So like when I got diagnosed with cancer, we know that Mm -hmm. I had got diagnosed with cancer back in June. Um, Mm -hmm. CERB was still in effect. Right. So I, I, I... applied like I went online and did my thing and they just put me on CERB because that was the thing that was going on at that time. A lot of Americans listen to the podcast. Can you explain what CERB is? CERB is the Canadian Economical Recovery Benefit. It's the thing that they put in plan when the pandemic hit and um, so this was to help folks who were either out of work or um, home isolating or you know, just needed extra help with money. So I, I, I couldn't work because I was doing cancer treatments. And so that was from June until October. And October is when, you know, they decided, the government had decided that's the end date. And so at the beginning of October, I was switched over to regular EI sickness benefits. And somehow in the midst of all that, because I they're like, you don't need to apply and we'll figure it out from our end. And here's your money. <laughs> I'm like, <"Okay."> right. <laughs> Yeah, they made it incredibly easy. How much was incredibly easy? But it was also like, hmm? I was just going to ask how much the CERB was. CERB was I got it a thousand dollars every two two weeks, and same with the EI, which was nice. It's not totally. I actually made more on CERB and EI than I did working. That is hilarious. That is is not really. It's actually. Kind of. Don't get me wrong. I loved my job. I really missed my job. I would like to maybe go back to my job if my physical ability is there Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a whole nother thing um but yeah uh, you know so yeah it was it was working part-time at a paint store slinging paint and doing color consultations i loved it it was hard work cool Uh, but yeah so i i couldn't like my, my, my GP recommended and then when I saw my medical oncologist also recommended it's like yeah I don't think working in a you know f- very physically demanding people facing job during a pandemic while you're doing cancer treatments sure. is the best idea yep, <laughs> in that's the legit. world so yeah I, I stopped working pretty much immediately um, and focused on my health and so that went on, and then October rolled around. They're like, okay, CERB is ending. If you qualify for EI, you'll go straight on to EI, and I did. So I did, and, and I missed the information that EI sickness benefits are only 15 weeks. Oh, right. Yep. How much, and you said the EI was about 1,000 every two weeks as well? Correct, which was nice. 
I mean, it definitely helped pay the groceries and, and bills and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, in was it uh, February? The beginning of February, end of January, beginning of end of end of January. I did my EAI report, submitted it. I was waiting for my money, and nothing showed up. So I went online. They're like, "Nope, you get nothing. You've run out. You've exhausted your 15 weeks of 15 wow. weeks of EI benefits." And I went, "I still need money. I, I, I still have treatment to do." Right. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be working. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So um, what did you do? Well, yeah, so I was like, I looked online to see if there was any way I could get it extended, if there was any other options for EI. They're like, no, I'm really sorry. They're just, we can't, the 15 weeks, that's all you get. I have, like, if I were to apply for, like, regular EI benefits, which means mm-hmm. I'd have to look for work, um, right, which I might is be able actively, to get that. Which is actually um, what you've been told not to do by your doctor. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not ideal. So I your mean, doctor can't get your 15 weeks extended? Nope. That's it. That, that's that's all there is. There's there's no, as far as I've been able to research, I've been spending the last month researching it. Right. That, as far as I could be able to tell, there is no way to get more than 15 weeks. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, the government, both the federal and the provincial government, are working on extending EI sickness benefits for longer. I think it's, I heard something around... 39 40 weeks from 15 weeks and i'm like that would be amazing it is not in the work is not the case right now (laughs) i hope it will be shortly but that doesn't help me right now um so and then i was like okay now what uh a couple people uh um suggested applying for the canadian pension plan disability so anybody who works in canada pays into the Canadian pension plan so that like if your job doesn't have a specific pension plan or anything like that for you to be able to save for your retirements at least you get a little bit of money from the government for when you get to the point of when you retire it's usually Mm -hmm. not a whole lot it depends on how much you've contributed over the years Um, and, and if you end up having to stop working before you retire and because of disability you can apply for their disability payments again it's not a whole lot um so i did that i looked online i did apply for it it takes anywhere between four to six months (laughs) for the application to be processed and then Mm -hmm. i was going further through my information i have not worked enough um in my lifetime to qualify you have had to work four out of the last six years to qualify for cpp disability i've worked about a year and a half in the last right you've also had cancer multiple times though yes i have twice in my life but you know my life is unique is like i you know i I don't know if it's unique i'm sure there's lots of people out there like me but you know i was 18 when i got pregnant with my first child my mom kicked me out I was homeless and pregnant and on my own. I was able to get my own apartment. I hadn't graduated high school. I went back to high school. I got my you know high school diploma. It took me two years, and then I was a you know a parent and sometimes a single parent for about eight to ten years because I had four kids in about eight years. Um, and then I spent most of my twenties and thirties being you know a stay-at-home parent because it was cheaper. Uh, yeah, because I didn't really didn't really have i went from basically high school into being a parent without any Mm -hmm. like work experience 
I worked in my teenage years for my mom, but sure. Not I didn't I didn't have any a whole lot of work experience and and it was so it was cheaper to stay home and look after the kids than go mm-hmm. out and get a part-time job or even a full-time job at entry level like, you know, at Walmart or or the grocery store or whatever. Sure. You know, because it basically whatever I made in income would go straight back into daycare because it right. is freaking expensive. It's still really expensive for especially any kid under the age of about six. Um, yeah. For daycare, especially full-time daycare. Um, school age gets a little cheaper, but it's still not cheap. There, there right. are – it has – it is getting better. There are subsidized spots. There's more daycare spots opening. The government has really changed in the last few years since we have NDP versus the liberals. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it was like at that time, it was not economically feasible for me to work. You know, the whole point of me working at that point at that time was to try and bring in a little extra money to help support the family. But it's like when all my money would have gone to daycare, it wasn't really feasible at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when. Gray, my youngest, uh, finally got into full-time school. I looked at going, finding a part-time job or something, just because then you know I, you know, if I could find something that worked within their school hours, then I would be able to maybe make a little bit of income. But shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and then my marriage. <laughs> Oof. So yeah. it was like just not a good time. And um, not a good time in my life to. I looked, but again, because I didn't have a whole lot of work experience, it was really tough trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, and then I was looking at, you know, my doctor recommended trying to look at with persons with multiple barriers. So I looked mm-hmm. into that. You have to be able to qualify for income assistance to be able to get persons with multiple barriers. I don't have any income basically right now. Scott right. makes too much. <laughs> my 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 common partner. law partner. Yeah. My husband, I call him my husband even though we're not legally married. We've been to, we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary together. We've been <laughs> living together uh, since 2014, almost seven years. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we have been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. But he makes too much. I mean, it, it's not a huge amount of money, but he, but he makes okay money. Um, we've definitely been had less money than we do now, but sure. You know, what basically one income supporting it's a family? It's hard. Excuse me. Supporting a family for a family of four in Vancouver. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That that's thin. Know, the, the cost like of living in Vancouver is ridiculously high. Yeah. I, I mean, I I love Vancouver. Don't get me wrong. I I can't imagine living anywhere else mm-hmm. in the world. Um, yeah, because it is such a great diverse city, but it's also really expensive. Right. I mean. Ash, our 20-year-old son, works uh, as a dishwasher, but he usually works one to two days a week. And that's 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 pretty much it. And he's been trying to save that money for school. Uh, right. He's hoping to go to school in September. He's applied, waiting to hear back. Um, so have I. I've applied for school in September, waiting to hear back. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, I looked into to that. The, uh, 
I also applied for PWD, uh, Persons with Disabilities, which is also through the like income assistance and, and that. Again, it was like there is <sighs> – there's, you have to be income tested for it. You have to be like, right. okay, you have to go through all this, like so much paperwork, like, right. and and it is so difficult to apply. It's all online now. I remember because I've been on and off income assistance a number of times mm-hmm. in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and I remember is like you you would have to go into the office, and then they would give you a list of all the stuff that they needed, and it's a lot. It's like three months of your bank statements. You have to get a, um, uh shelter form filled out that basically says this is my rent and this is how much i pay every month right and they get your landlord to say assign it and then you got to provide your hydro bill your telephone bill if you have a car you got to you know provide the information about your car um if you have any you know incomes did i say bank statements yeah and bank statements and if you have mm-hmm. any cash on it's like it's a huge list of information they want to make sure that you like you're not hiding money that you could be using to support yourself, which like it is such so difficult. I mean, now in 2021, you can do it all online, but it's still challenging. I'm I'm very lucky that I'm very computer literate. I have access to a printer and a scanner. I have access to a laptop I can use in my own home with good Wi-Fi. But I think of the times in my life that I didn't have that. And there's so many folks out there that don't have access to that, who who would have to like physically, especially during the pandemic, physically go to their bank, physically go to their landlord, physically go and get the stack of paper, you know, either printed out and scanned and submitted. And I don't even know if they're letting people into the, the, the offices, the income assistant offices right now. Cause I, right. I did it. I did it all online. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely sounds much cheaper from a like technology and processing perspective. Like my taxes this year were incredibly simple. Yeah. Like literally I got a free piece of software that is this year going to pay if you make over a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And basically I was like, Hey, I'd like you to pull all of my relevant tax documents from the government and do my taxes for me. It cost me $15 and they, they just require you to log into the series website so that you can authenticate as you. So I authenticated as me and then the software contacted them. They sent all of my T forms, like T fours, T fives, et cetera. Yep all digitally to my tax software at home, which did my taxes, asked me to review like six areas mm-hmm. and then was like, do you want to net file your return? Yeah, and I net filed. I, yeah, I do. We do TurboTax every year and it's like 20 or 30 bucks for the two of us uh, yes. every year. And it's so worth it because it just like walks you through it. Yeah. Like I literally, one of my T-slips was actually late this year and I'd forgotten about it and it was only a few hundred dollars, but it showed up when I pulled the digital records because you better believe they got the, they got the documents to Canada on time. They just didn't (laughs) send them out to me on time for taxes. Yeah. 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 But no, yeah. So there's like, not only is it like super frustrating that in the end they ended up denying me because Scott makes too much money, but I had to go through all this energy and effort to fill, you know, submit all these documents to them for them just to turn around and say, nope, sorry. You know, yeah, that's super. Your partner doesn't make, your partner makes too much money for us to help you. And I'm like, look, what am I supposed to do? I mean, like, I I don't have any AI. (laughs) 
I don't qualify right. for CPP disability. I've been turned down for PWD. Um, Gray, How did you get our... so you got turned down for PWD because of your partner making too much? Yes, yes, and this is and this is something I am so mad about. Not only for myself, but because I know so many people on PWD who have no marriage or even relationship equality because as soon as they start, even if they start dating someone, they don't have to even live with anybody. As soon as they really? start dating somebody, they could have their benefits pulled if that person that makes a certain amounts of money per month. And this, this makes me so angry because I know so many people who who are great, amazing, lovely, adorable loving caring people who are constantly worried about like who are single or you know maybe they're actually dating somebody or something but they can't they can't move in with anybody they can't get married or be in a common law relationship or a marriage-like relationship right well because as soon as the government or you know the income assistance thinks that you're you know in a marriage like relationship and i know people who are of opposite genders i know people who are of different genders i know people who are like gender non-conforming relationships mm-hmm. if it if it looks like you are in a relationship with somebody and you know even if you share the same address basically even if you have right. separate bedrooms or anything stuff like that i know people who have not p- applied for pwd because they share even though they have separate bedrooms from their partner and they have split their finances really well and they, they both do their own individual things and support the household in their own ways. Haven't applied for PWD because, you know, it it is such you have to prove to them that right. you're not in a relationship with this person. And if you get caught, not only could they stop your payments, but they also can. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not sue, but they basically will send you a bill for anything they've given you. They will like they will deduct it from your tax uh, tax mm-hmm. funds. They will basically any money you get from the government, they will take to pay off any money that they have given you. If they just if they find that you have you know cheated the system. Yeah, sure. Which yeah, I mean, no, to an Canada extent, definitely. <laughs> to an extent, I get that you don't want people cheating the system mm-hmm. but in the i don't know let's see amber is now 26 years old now she just had mm-hmm. her birthday this is my oldest daughter mm-hmm. in the 26 years i've been on and off income assistance i have never known anybody personally i have heard stories but i've never known anybody personally cheat try to cheat the system because it is mm-hmm. that difficult to yeah well, it one, is, it is it, super two, hard. It is just like it's way more work. It, it's a lot of work just to be in the system. It's way more work to try and cheat the system. Yeah, I've definitely heard of people who weren't seriously looking for work when they were on um, um, employment insurance. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I've literally never heard of any kind of cheating the system ever. Well, yeah, and this is something that gets me all riled up is the people who are fighting for like universal basic income, which I am one of them because I completely think that is a thing that it needs to happen. And it, there are, it is in the works apparently. Well, Um, I mean, that's what people are definitely, people are definitely trying to draft something. Um, But I feel like, 
like I really hope UBI is on the table. It was actually yeah. something I was going to bring up because mm-hmm. what's really interesting is even in Canada where you have all of these different benefit programs as part mm-hmm. of the wide social net, you're mm-hmm. still going to have some people who can't get to them. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. And sorry. Yeah. I just had to sneeze. It's all good. As you I'm know, sure you heard. Spring is just around the corner and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, and vaccines are right around the corner. We can talk about that later. In a minute, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's my I other did, thing I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I did also want to say, too, that, like, with all of these social programs, like, folks listening in might think that we pay crazy amounts in taxes, and we really don't, like... We really don't. Um, I made I made less than 50000 definitely, uh, last year. In fact, I made less than... Uh, I, I made around 35000 last year, which was, which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm... I'm really hoping to find ways of pushing that number up. And I think, I think I have this year, which I won't talk too much about, but even if I get to a target income of 50,000, I just punch that into TurboTax, the uh, online calculator, just to see, um, federal taxes are only $4,900, like, like including your healthcare on that amount. Provincial Mm -hmm. taxes are like two grand. And for, for CPP and EI premiums, which are percentages of your Mm -hmm. wages that you have to pay. So we, we include them as taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, they're about $3,000 on that amount. So all in all, you end up spending just over 10,000, um, of the 50,000 that you earn. So like your average tax rates under 14%. Wait, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Oh, the average tax rate doesn't include CPP and EI. So it's 14% plus CPP percentage plus EI. That's why. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah, I mean, this might be between because um, the SERB benefit, but which Scott also got a part of too, and some EI benefits because his work was inconsistent, inconsistent at the beginning of the pandemic. Sure. Um, he's now slammed with work. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> um, go figure. But, you know, between his regular income and his EI and SERP benefits and my regular income and my EI and SERP benefits, we might actually have to pay taxes this year. Wow. That's good. That's the first time I've actually will have to possibly pay taxes in my entire adult life. Wow. That's um. That's incredible. The way but that I look I, at it. I'm hoping I have some saved up educational benefits because I've been in school for the last six years. Yeah, you should have your I'm T4A amounts. If no off. one's claimed, if no one's yeah. claimed your educational benefits, you'll have a T4A value that carries over yeah. um, for at least a year. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's cumulative. So you should be yeah. able to hold your education amounts against taxes that you have to pay. Yeah. I, Scott's been... We, but mostly Scott, because I haven't made made a whole lot of money in the last few years. Scott's been using it towards his because he has the higher amount. So he mm-hmm. uses I can transfer my educational benefits to him because he's my partner, and mm-hmm. so he uses it to lower his his taxes. So he's been right. doing that. Even with him claiming the full amount, I still have leftover, <laughs> and I've had leftover for several years. Right. So I'm hoping to, you know, use that that amount to. Um, put our reduce our taxes. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. We are, but we're going to probably try and tackle that in the next little while. I think I have all the information I need from all the various sources, which there's a lot this year. Great. Yeah. Again, you can um, you can use software now to just get all of them anyways. And yeah. I don't know if TurboTax supports that. I'm sure they probably do. Yeah. It, I know because I've done it. Uh, words. I've done it 
for the last past several years, I know exactly where to go and where to look. I've, I've gotten my T4 from Sherwin-Williams. I've gotten my T4E for Serb. Oh, that's crazy. You work for Sherwin-Williams. That's who I was using yeah. to, um, for paint for renovating my place. I look, oh, don't get me started talking about paint. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I am 100% biased to them because I work for them. It is yep. fantastic paint. <laughs> It is. It is pretty decent paint. And, and I was actually was not just paid happened. for this. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, it's not, what is it? It's not sponsored. Not sponsored. It's expensive paint, but uh, it is. It it's is. also good. But my personal opinion on that is you get what you pay for. Um, you could go to Home Depot and pay for half, like half the price of it. But it, yeah. in my in my personal opinion, take as is, you will not. It is not as good quality, and you will have to repaint sooner that rather than later yeah mm-hmm. but that's just my personal opinion sure um so did you have so now that we've talked a lot about all these different support programs i do want to talk about ubi more we'll do that maybe in a different episode yeah um but did you have anything you wanted to add about sort of pwd and, and your journey through various parts of the, the safety net or do you feel like we've kind of like wrapped well, up it's that just, conversation i, I so angry right now and so bitter and so frustrated at the system because mm-hmm. it's like I I know that my life has been slightly unusual just because of how I've gotten to this point but mm-hmm. I know people out there who are not that far off from me who are not only struggling on PWD because the ink, the rates for PWD haven't really changed in 26 years. Same with right. income assistance. The shelter rate for a single person on income system, which shelter rate means like that's the portion How they much? get for their rent, yeah. is $375. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It is the... Uh, I can't remember the exact amount, full amount, a single person, just one single person who's not in a relationship, doesn't have children, not just an individual person, I think is less than $700 a month. I'd have to look it up again. It's been a while since I've looked at the full numbers, but I think it's still less than $700 a month. There is literally almost nowhere in Vancouver that you, you can could... survive on $700 a month. There yeah. have been a number of MPs and MLAs and people who have been advocating for changes in the income assistance benefits and the PW benefits for years who've done challenges. They do every so often they do the, you know, income assistance challenge where they try and live off, you know, this amount for a month and most people can't do it most people who have not been poor or or in oh yeah if you do don't have the skills you run out of money you run out of money at the end of the month and you're starving yeah and I've, I've been there you know i used to skip meals so that my kids could eat i used to you know pay hydro one month and pay the phone bill the next month and 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 don't get me started on the fact that even when you're on income assistance and you are the bottom of the poverty rung you still don't get a hundred percent fair pharma care you still have a deductible you have to hit it every every year and up until you hit your deductible you still have to pay out of pocket for your prescriptions right but what per, but it's, so there's been it's times a lower in my per, life where it's like hey rent, don't you don't you co-pay medication <laughs> don't you co-pay for fair karmic pharma care up to your deductible um i can't remember That's <laughs> it's okay. been a while since i've had to think about it like right I, now, think, I, I, I could be mistaken. I know that there is fair pharmacare where you have to pay 100% out of pocket until you hit your deductible. Mm-hmm. 
But I thought there was a copay where it might, you know what, it might actually be the specific drug in question because some drugs are just automatically covered on a copay and then you pay like 20% of them up to your deductible. Yeah, there are, there are a few exceptions to that rule where there are certain medications that do, like, like antibiotics are usually cheap. Um, right. Um, what else? But, like, I have asthma. I have had right. asthma my entire adult life. Puffers are not covered. Yeah, <laughs> they're not cheap. Puffers are about 100 bucks. <laughs> Is that now? Are they not covered up until your your deductible again? Once you hit your deductible, then they're covered. Right. So if your deductible is like two hundred dollars after you spend two hundred dollars on drugs, a hundred percent of your drugs are covered. Basically. Yeah, and it and it and it changes for whatever like for your income level. Like when you're less income, it's lower. Right. I, I think our, I think currently our deductibles at. Uh, I want to say twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. I can't right. remember off the top of my head. Which it's, is pretty sizable they could have to okay. shell out 1500 bucks a year on drugs trust me i do that <laughs> right of course i'm on six 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 different medications right <laughs> they play all my chemo drugs are covered that's, well and this oh, is that's the other drugs chemo drugs they oh, are right. like 100 drug- covered oh nice yeah i guess they figure you're not recreationally going after them <laughs> yeah no <laughs> And I, I I know that's for the stuff like you go into the cancer agency and you have your IV chemo. I'm going to about to start oral chemo, which is going to my pharmacy and getting pills. I think those ones are covered. I am not sure. I haven't yet to have the prescription. To ke- so I I'm I'm think they are. <laughs> well, I hope I'm, you're able to get all of your drugs. And, I, I'm my yeah. pharmacy is amazing. My pharmacy pharmacist and pharmacist team have gone to bat for me so many times i cannot i i love them all to bits and they are fantastic i know they will go to bat for me on this you're also just like a i think a really wonderful person i can see why people would like gravitate towards you and want to help you just like in, in natively like in their heart oh thank you victor <laughs> Well, I guess that's that feels kind of complete for me. Yes. Um, so awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. You are so welcome. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com slash Intimate Victor. You can tweet me at Intimate Victor. You can follow me on Instagram at Intimate Victor. Pretty easy, right? If you can spare the cost of a cup of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a good review anywhere online, especially iTunes. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI saxophonist. This closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with intimate interactions. Be well. <laughs>